0: Continuing completed classics...
1: has
0: mm-hmm. gone wrong. A hefty howdy to all you uppers and downers, and welcome to the follow-up showdown 3 AFIII. As well as to the second, and hopefully last... Lost episode of the follow-up showdown. Uh, We've once again changed format in how we record this show, and in that process, this very special episode was lost to the vastness of cyberspace. Uh, If this is your first time joining us, we're a podcast that pitches ultimate sequels to movies with either no sequel or with a disappointing one, and this season, we're going full theme by talking about all existing sequels to movies on both versions of the AFI Top 100 lists, This episode was about 1990's Texasville, 19 years later sequel to number 95 on the AFI Top 100 Tenth 10th Anniversary List, 1971's The Last Picture Show. I am your host and harbinger of helpful hamburgers, Paul Goetz, and with me as a hamburger helper today is the guest that we had for that episode, Texas-sized talent, as well as true Texan herself, having grown up in Houston, Elia Kamalova. thank you so wow. much for coming back.
1: Thank you. I love that yes. intro.
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: I always thought of myself as a hamburger helper. <laughs> <laughs> People always say that about me. Yeah.
0: I, you know, I grew up on Tuna Helper, um, but I had it again recently and it was not good.
1: I haven't heard of that. I've only heard of the hamburger with like the little mascot that's like a glove. Yeah. The uh, right?
0: oven mitt thing. Yeah. I don't know what it is. A,
1: no, it's it like a, a full fingered glove. Yeah. It right. has like a clown nose, is how I remember it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, what does that have to do with hamburger? I don't know. Yeah. I guess an extra
1: hand. <laughs> an extra hand in the kitchen.
0: Oh, there we go. I love yeah. it. Um, well, I guess let's get right into it by doing what would normally be two Travis McMaster minutes. <laughs> and recounting these movies, I was thinking either you can do both or I can do last picture show and you can do texasville
1: okay i mean i have strangely a better recollection of last picture show and my recollection isn't strong but i could give the general vibe of it in
0: okay so you're gonna do both
1: Mm, i'm trying to remember if i know texasville (laughs) enough you know what? i'll just make it up
0: (laughs) yeah see that's the thing is i was gonna take the easier one because like last picture show has a plot
1: Um, Mm -hmm. texasville was just a like a check-in on <laughs> the characters right <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah yeah and uh i you know i mean i know the same people wrote it and stuff so officially they're right but i based don't know that it same, seemed right
1: based on the same autobiography right it was an autobiography the book that's it was? what's crazy yeah oh. the last picture show wow that's what i read
0: hmm because there's multiple novels i don't know if they were oh, all so maybe. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Maybe it was a fiction book that was based on autobiographical events.
0: Right, of the Um, author.
1: Yeah, because he lived in, like, West Texas or something. Okay, I'm going to try. I could try to do both. Now I'm like, yeah. Let's do it. It'll probably be shorter than two minutes because (laughs) I don't remember a lot.
0: Understood. Uh, (laughs) Let me know when you're ready.
1: Okay, I'm ready.
0: And go.
1: Okay, the last picture show is about this dusty West Texas town and it follows three high schoolers, mainly. We have Dwayne, we have Sunny, and then the cool, rich girl, JC, I think her name was. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just shows their kind of sad lives, honestly, of how they don't really have much to do. Um, I remember that Dwayne and Sunny were like football captains or something. Um, and then they have this friend, this old guy named Sam, mm-hmm who is, like, the father figure, I guess. Or maybe he's actually one of their fathers. I don't know. Uh, but he, like, owns this, like, bar, restaurant that's, like, usually empty. Um, at some point, he dies, and that's sad. Um, and there's it's a lot of, like, high school drama, romance stuff. And then the town is called, like, Aberdeen or something. That also, like, might be making it up. But I think it's called Aberdeen. Annerine. Yeah. Annerine. Yeah. And then uh, there's this one movie theater there that is, again, this whole thing is called The Last Picture Show, but it's not really about this movie theater Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. until Sam leaves this um, movie theater in his will to this random woman who is just a side character who I think, I believe I mentioned this the last podcast where they don't give her enough like credit because she was literally like left with a movie theater. And she's like, well, I don't know how to do this. And then they're like, well, I guess the movie theater in town's closing. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it does close with like the closing of that movie theater. Um, What else happens? And then Dwayne, or was it sunny kind of has like a romantic fling with this older woman. Who's really sad in town. And, then, oh, they had like a friend with like special needs that dies too. And that's a really sad moment. Um, and it basically just shows the ups and downs of this town.
0: So that was, <laughs> you used the full two minutes for the oh, last picture show. I thought I got two
1: per, per two per each. Oh,
0: no, it was one. Well, it's fine. Okay, well, no, I'll,
1: here, I'm going to do <laughs> Texasville in 20 seconds. Okay,
0: all right. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to time you. Just <laughs> okay, <laughs> give me okay. what you got.
1: Texasville is them older.
0: Oh, yeah. That was yeah. two seconds. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, Agreed. So, yeah, I think you got all the, the major points of Last Picture Show. Um, Yeah. Yeah. JC kind of explores her sexuality and right, freedom. Yeah. That would be the only subplot, I think. Oh, isn't isn't there
1: was... the scene where she's like in her room and she throws her cat?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right at the beginning. That's like one of our intros to JC. But she's, yeah, you know, she's relatable. I think she just doesn't want to be her mother, it seems. Yes. Yeah,
1: her mother kind of is like this woman that sold out in many ways. I think she just like married a person she doesn't love and they are kind of well off. And Mm. I think I remember there's this scene with her where she's like trying to give her advice about like, i guess just pick a safe route and yeah. this is how your life is very like the vibe of west texas of just like sorry this is how your life's gonna be
0: yeah so. they are all stuck that mm-hmm. is like a big part and then like uh yeah the the climactic ending is like sunny almost leaves oh, but right. then goes back because he doesn't want to leave ruth alone uh, Ruth being the older woman he has the affair with, who is the gym teacher's lonely wife. Oh, that's it. It was a gym yeah. teacher's wife. Yeah.
1: And then yeah. Dwayne leaves. He goes the, at army. the end. He goes to the army because this is like after World War II, before the Korean War. So I guess mm-hmm. it's like that he's going to the Korean War.
0: Yeah. And I think JC gets out, goes to college or something. Oh, I yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: at least know. in Texasville, we learn that she is like kind of a b-list actress in like europe or something
0: a a movie star i think oh really i remember yeah i remember she went to europe right and i remember that i think she had some form of success it's maybe faded now but whatever Mm
1: -hmm. i don't know her reasoning for returning i
0: think her parents die or something leave her the estate
1: (laughs) it's funny because the whole purpose is like what happened to them over these years and we don't know why she's back we don't
0: even know why he's back i mean he's like running an oil uh, well but it's dried up
1: presumably he came back from the war back to that town
0: right right and
1: stayed there like the other adults
0: and sunny is now the mayor but is also oh, right. having mental problems.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty it's a pretty low end subplot. I mean, really mostly what I remember is him sitting in he's the ruins things, right? of the movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. And he believes he's watching a movie that's not there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's seeing things. Uh yeah, you know, and we're making it just putting out the plot points. I feel like we're making Texasville sound like more of a bummer than it is. Mm-hmm. Um it is kind of a bummer that it exists because it's not, doesn't really feel like a sequel to the first one, but
1: no, it feels it, very disjointed from the first one, even though it's like all the same people and you get to see the same town. But yeah. it feels like the last picture show. I like first off I thought I wasn't going to enjoy it and then I remember watching it and I was like wow that was very enjoyable. Yeah. And it was very slow and like but it was really beautiful and you actually like did get invested in the characters. Yeah. Like lives mm-hmm. like you really cared for them in a way that Texasville feels more of just like a like bordering bordering like a rom-com kind of like yeah. I don't know pa- a palette of like plot. And um So it feels so different because the last picture show felt like, oh, this is an art piece. Like this is like very atmospheric, cinematic,
0: very much felt the weight of the dying town. Uh, Whereas Texasville, Mm -hmm. yeah, I remember saying this back when that every scene of Texasville felt like it should end with. Texas yeah like (laughs) yes and then just kind of like
1: a vignette closing in like a circle closing in yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. wait there was that scene in Texasville that now I'm remembering that was so off like the temperature of the film because it was the parade scene and it was Mm. like I'm pretty sure it had like slapstick comedy or something happened in the where they're on the float and then I think he gets doesn't he get chased or something like that? Like, I remember him, like, running into a fence or, like, like there was hmm. something that was so just, like, okay, this is straight up, like, comedic. Yeah. And it's not even relevant to the story. It was just, like, isn't this funny?
0: Well, <laughs> um, I, the whole premise, I, as I recall, is revolves around, like, uh, Dwayne's... And his family. He has like a huge family of a bunch uh-huh. of wild kids. Yes, I remember yeah. that now. And oh, he, but I remember
1: I loved his wife. Like the performance of his wife felt like really good. And Annie authentic. Potts. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was great.
0: And uh sadly, I'm be jumping around in my notes here because we're just free uh, free freewheeling here, but uh, <laughs> Annie Potts was so considered an Oscar contender, but then the movie tanked.
1: Oh man. So
0: yeah, because you that know is she, I remember her being great. hmm Jeff Bridges and his oldest son are like big time cads, and they sleep with everybody in town. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And Randy Quaid, it's like his oh, wife. I forgot about him the Randy Quaid of it all. That yeah, was in both. <laughs> he, right, and in the first one, he's just kind of a goofy boy that J.C. Uh, has one of her flirtations with, and then in the second one, he's like. This guy that they keep coming back to—I forget what his—he uh, has some job that everybody needs mm-hmm. him for, but he keeps being like, oh, "I'm gonna kill myself," yeah. because, <laughs> <laughs> and that's like his bit is like he keeps losing love and finding love and losing it, and and that's just Texasville. Yeah, uh, that's Texasville. Um, I remember there being a review that said Texasville is about nothing, and it is about nothing. It's uh, but you that, could argue
1: I mean, the last picture show. I mean. Cause there's not like one main driving plot. You could say the last picture shows kind of about nothing, but that's the purpose to me. Like, because there is nothing (laughs) in these towns, like, or at least that's what they want to say.
0: Right. And I definitely feel like that is clear in the first one. In in Mm -hmm. fact, I think the first one ends in like, it's like a shot of the empty town. It's just like a true ghost town. Whereas Texasville, I think it takes place in the same town, but it seems like a bustling community. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they like go to a diner. I they had they they're first, putting a
0: festival it, on.
1: Yeah, the parade yeah, is in yeah. it of itself is like oh, a lot of people came out. <laughs> yeah, this town.
0: the, I mean the oil rig, being dried up or whatever is part of the plot, but not majorly. Like the town itself, it doesn't seem to be about that town dying anymore. It's just about yes. sexcapades. Um, and then I think like the main thing is that J.C. comes back and Dwayne loves her again yeah and then in the end they don't get together because yeah, he does, stays with Annie Potts
1: does JC have a husband do they establish that or she's just on her own I think she's on her own okay I remember because they really established Dwayne's family and yeah. that it's like an affair kind of emotional affair
0: yeah right and I remember he comes across her in a boat and she's swimming across the oh lake. right yeah yeah well, yeah, okay. We we really uh, covered it.
1: <laughs> this is like how my brain is like just yeah. like s- like scattered, remembering different parts of it. But I think if we reorder this podcast, if yeah. you cut it together in a way, it'll yeah. basically be one one complete sentence, one complete thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, five minute minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'll just I'm gonna just get to the juiciest stuff in these notes. Uh, see how it goes. So they're both based on novels by Larry McMurtry, who also wrote the novels uh, that were the inspiration for the movie's Terms of Endearment and its sequel, The Evening Star. So, you know, good good drama writer here. And then it was adapted by the writer-director Peter Bogdanovich, the late, great Peter Bogdanovich, uh, who was still alive when we talked about this months ago. Uh, and I remember us coining the phrase better than Bogdanovich With our pitches. Feels a little mean now, but
1: uh feels like we're really putting ourselves up on a high pedestal by using that phrase.
0: Well, either way I thought it was worth mentioning. (laughs) Uh, but the juice behind the scenes is we have a couple. So this was Sybil Shepherd's debut, and she both had a fling with Jeff Bridges, which is the only time she says in her career she's ever had a fling with a co-star. And then way juicier. She and Peter Bogdanovich became lovers during this film. He was married with children to the production designer... Of the film Polly Platt and broke up the family.
1: I rem- I remember discussing this.
0: But so you know that makes that takes a little of the sting out of the better than Bogdanovich thing. He he yeah. had some scandal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we never had a scandal like yeah. that. So <laughs> on set of our hit movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, I, the only other note. Oh well, it won best supporting actor and best supporting actress. Actor going to Sam the Lion the. Guy who owns the movie theater and dies, um, and at nine minutes and fifty four seconds, Ben Johnson, that actor, his performance is the shortest ever to win an Academy Award. Yeah, I was going to say
1: because he wasn't in it. He's kind of in it towards the beginning when you introduce get introduced to the characters. Then oh, I forgot. Dwayne and Sonny go to like Mexico. What's that's like? when
0: he dies. They're gone. Right when they yeah. leave, yeah. and that's the
1: last time we see anyone sees him. Yeah, and then that's it. His presence is just there without, like the character's presence is there without him actually
0: acting in it. I remember his big moment, and I'm sure like Oscar clip was, it's like a fishing scene. He gives a big speech. Uh, so I remember him having at least oh, yeah. one monologue, and I guess that's, it was Oscar worthy. It did it, did it yeah. <laughs> uh, And then the supporting actress Oscar went to Cloris Leachman, who plays Ruth, the lonely gym C- coach's wife. She's fantastic. I remember her mm-hmm. also having like a, powerhouse speech toward the end where yeah she loses it on sunny um, yeah
1: and like her house was just like disheveled i just remember it was just such a sad like lonely woman that they yeah. set her up and then yeah i do remember that last where she's like pleading with yeah. him but also she under i feel like she has an awareness of like this is crazy
0: well she's angry because he like he's la- essentially like blowing her off to try mm-hmm. to get with jc at that point. yeah I also I I felt like I picked up on it, but um in the movie, but it's not really heavy handed the way they do it. I think it's implied that the gym coach is gay. And I think oh. it's like just stuff like he's like slapping the boys' butts or something like that oh, in you're class. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, small town Texas, it's like he he's as trapped as anyone, mm-hmm. you know, in keeping it a secret and it's not something that's like openly disgust or whatever
1: yeah um
0: i guess that's everything i have uh oh ben johnson is the only person to ever win both an academy award and a cowboy world championship in rodeo (laughs) so wow (laughs) it's
1: a real cowboy
0: yeah yeah so yeah i guess any other things or thoughts you want to say about what you remember about the last picture show
1: oh you know another random scene that just popped into my head is the scene where Dwayne gets a bottle cracked on his head?
0: It or was it I Sunny? I think it's Sunny by Dwayne. Dwayne and Sunny are fighting because of JC. Okay, okay. And, yeah, that's what it
1: is. I remember that also being like the most. That was like the most high octane part of the film. <laughs> yeah, um, and I remember the bottle crack being really funny. Um, yeah, the but coverage. yeah, I yes, um, yeah. but like I said, I I like was surprisingly. Or I was just surprised that I liked the movie so much. I thought that I would like zone out because it was long too. I think the runtime was like yeah, three hours
0: or something. I don't
1: know. Yeah, to.
0: between two and three, and a, and it yeah. definitely a slow pace, but it mm-hmm. it rolled out very much like a novel, um, mm-hmm. in just sort of about being in this place with these characters and really knowing them At, because just like them, there's like. Not anything else to do, but, yeah. you know, be entrenched in what kind of things they can get into in the town. Um, but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, so this is a perfect transition into this first question I ask this season. Does this movie belong on the top 100 films list?
1: I think so. Yeah. I also think like if we're looking, I don't know, when did this movie uh
0: Come out seventy one.
1: Yeah, I feel like if you just look at it, also in terms of like other movies around that time period, I'm sure mm. it is a standout film. Yeah, and I think it's a really a big challenge. Maybe I'm just looking at it from the perspective of like current movies, so that's like even more impressive to me. Yeah, to be that engaging and that slow and patient and like, and also I think cinematically, like it, it looks really every shots like really interesting and yeah. Um, so I do think so. I don't know. What do you think?
0: Oh, I agree. I, I no. would agree completely. And it's very unique. I, I can't really think of anything else yes. just like it. The fact that it's in black and white is very effectively used. Hmm. Um, and like you said, like, I'm sure, I mean, groundbreaking in, you know, many ways, um, I'm sure. I know it's one of the first films to use, like, already popular recordings instead of a score. And I remember that being very effective because it's very, very oh. quiet. A lot of like... Mm-hmm. sound effects going throughout and then like country music. Cause it's like the only music anybody's playing Uh very effective for, for setting the the tone and the vibe as well. Um Yeah. I mean, I, there's worse movies on these lists for <laughs> sure. So I I'm happy for it to have it spot. Yeah. I, I, I still find it very enjoyable and like you said, it being so unique and groundbreaking and having such a memorable tone you can more easily than with some movies look past uh, production stuff like The Bottle Break, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I get what they're going for. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, then, second question should this movie have a sequel?
1: I don't think so. Yeah. I think that because you wonder so much, it leaves off like, what are they going to do with their lives? Like, you're just like, yeah. are they going to be okay? Are they just going to be like these kind of sad adults in their town that clearly never left or somehow returned and are stuck living their adult life and careers in this town. And even though it seems like these three young kids have like dreams and all these like, you know, promising, promising futures. I don't know. There's kind of something nice about theorizing of what's going to happen to these uh, high schoolers as they get older. Um, And also like, uh having one character go off to war is like is this guy even gonna come back like so right, I don't know. Right. I, I like that open ended like is this it almost yeah. so it's so funny to have a direct answer being like here's oh yeah. it's not here's yeah. like what happened to them and <laughs> they're it's, still there they're kinda normal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No I agree. And it's also I mean like the town you wonder what happened will happen to the town itself. I mean yes. it could very easily completely disappear and just be covered in dust, you know, yep. and like left to the sands of time. But yeah, I, I I think Texasville sort of majorly undercuts what feels like the point yeah. of The Last Picture Show. It's um, funny
1: because even the name, like yeah. The Last Picture Show, yeah. it's almost like metaphorical, right? Like there's nothing, do, it's not really about this theater at all. Yeah, It's just this grander idea. And then Texasville is just like, like you were saying, like this yeah. almost like sitcom-esque. Yeah title where it doesn't really have anything to do other than like it's a ville in Texas
0: right and from what I'm remembering of the movie I feel like it might have worked better as as a sitcom with a mm-hmm. laugh track where the, <laughs> where it's just like yeah like this is the vibe these are the people this is their uh, you know this is what their lives are like let's just hang out with them versus like as a movie I remember it ends and you're just like how is that? That's an ending. Like, <laughs> How is <what>? that? Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, you know, because I, I think my favorite parts of Texasville were were the scenes where you see Dwayne's family because it was so chaotic. Yeah. And it's like, okay, let that be a sitcom. It's just yeah. like Dwayne's family. And he's just like this, you know, yeah. exhausted dad. And his family's crazy. Or I cha- would, I'd love to see that.
0: Change everybody's names. And just yeah. <laughs> it can be its own movie about this weird place, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to a next chapter in this complete story ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um it has a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes versus the Last Picture Show which has the rare 100%. Wow. Uh, so that's a pretty far fall. There are some other sequel novels, uh same author Texas Phil's the second one, the third is called Dwayne's Depressed, uh the fourth is When the Light Goes so they keep getting darker and sadder. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and then the last one's called Rhino Ranch, a novel.
1: Okay, this feels like yeah. Last Picture Show's like good. Texasville, bad. Yeah, <laughs> Dwayne's Depression, bad. When yeah. the Light Goes, good. And yeah, then <laughs> Rhino is also bad. Like that's just based on these titles. Yeah. How I envision if there was several sequels. That's how it would go.
0: I mean, this is already like 30 years later. I think mm-hmm. this is when that takes place. It's like the 50s versus the 80s. So the idea that that's the second one. Yeah. And then you're going. The fourth, fifth, uh, the 96th. Like yeah. It's like two years apart. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they they just keep hanging out and yeah. not getting together. I want All to right. read those now, actually.
1: Now I'm. Yeah. That should actually be really interesting.
0: Yeah. I, I can very easily picture The Last Picture Show and its mm-hmm. vibe. Um, and I want to know if, yeah, there is as jarring of a shift in tone <laughs> in books between one and, and two. Yeah. The
1: opening page goes, now the town is in color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? I didn't envision it
0: to be a black and white. <laughs> uh, specifically, uh, uh, in terms of the black and white, there's kind of a fun story. Uh, uh, Peter Bogd- Bogdanovich was sitting with his buddy, uh, Orson Welles, talking about the viability of putting last picture show in black and white when he was coming up on production and uh, Orson Welles said, of course you'll shoot it in black and white, (laughs) Uh, which, you know, that's a fun moment in cinematic history. That is Uh, great. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I guess we can go over the pitches now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, yeah. And then we're pretty much done here. Oh, I am. I do want to extend an apology to the listeners uh, about Okay. meaning will end in 10 minutes. Oops. Uh, okay. Sorry. Uh, just because this is the hardest to find movie of any movie we will do this whole season. It costs $90 to buy the DVD on Amazon. Uh, we had to get it by more nefarious means because it just was not findable. I thought I had allegedly, found Allegedly yeah. we got it by yeah. nefarious means. <laughs> good, a very good distinction. Thank you, Aaliyah. I thought I'd found it at a library in Thousand Oaks, but... Uh, the case was there and there was no DVD in it. So maybe someone knew its value and stole it. Yeah. That's what the re- the one we saw online that was being resold. Right. Right. <laughs> so we had no choice. We, yeah. we were, we were, uh, our hands were tied. Um, okay. So I guess I'll knock out what Travis and Lauren's pitches were real quick. And then yeah, we'll go for it. yours. You've ruined it. It's lost completely. The sure needing me won't make it come back. Lauren's was a prequel. It's called The First Picture Show. Um, It's about a town starting to flourish uh, instead of in a state of necrosis. The theater opens its doors in 1920, right after World War I. Having a a theater in such a small town at the time is a huge draw. Uh, We see, oh, they do reveal that Sam the Lion had a love affair with um, Chasey's mother, Lois, played by Ellen Burstyn, uh, so we see that relationship blossom in 1926 uh, in their years as teens, uh, and then we see the town start its decline after World War II begins. That sounds pretty decent. hmm And now I remember that
1: our titles were the same.
0: Oh, yours is the first picture show Mine's also, also
1: the first picture show, but it's a sequel.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, well, why don't you go next? We'll, okay, then, so- yeah. I reckon the reason why I always drag
1: you out here is probably I'm just as sentimental as the next fella when it comes to old times. My interpretation of the first picture show is Dwayne comes back from the Korean War and he has a Korean wife.
0: Mm. And they start
1: playing, like, um, Asian films that really makes the town a hot spot because it's just, like, really international films that, like, draws the attention back. So then it becomes... Like, their theater becomes a revival for the town, is what I remember. Oh, I like that. And I think there might have been some love affair with JC in there. I don't remember. But I remember that was the biggest thing, the plot, is that the theater's back. And (laughs) not not only that, but it's, like, it's why people want to go to this town.
0: I like that, because I also, like... The idea of the art crowd or whoever it is seeing the international films mixing with small town. Well, it reminds me
1: of like Marfa, Texas, which was literally a West Texas town that I've been to. It's totally barren around it, like a desert West, what you think of West Texas. But a random artist, not random, of well-known artists went and like created this exhibit there. And now it is this cultural like capital of like art in Texas and people travel from like out of state to go there. You can't even, you can't even have a direct flight there. You have to drive like five hours to get there from anywhere. And it's a long drive from anywhere. So in that sense, like that became like a cultural and now it's like influencers go there and like take photos. So it's this really strange mix of like very old Texas towns and like sheriff buildings that like town halls that look like, what you would think of like old West Texas Uh and then like a fake Prada store that is just an art exhibit in the middle of the desert. And like, that's the art is that it's in the middle of nothing. And it's a really interesting town. We drove through there um, when I was driving from Texas to Los Angeles and that was a trip. So to have this town be converted to this art house place would be Super interesting.
0: Very much so. I it I think you still have my vote because yeah, yeah I yeah, like yeah. that juxtaposition. I also like the idea of Dwayne coming back with a wife from from the Korean War. I feel right. like that fits That's his whole character. different
1: different perspective. Like he yeah. charmed pe- he charms people everywhere.
0: Yeah, I like it, and he's doesn't want much more than to get to get a gal. And mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> um, okay, so I think Travis's is called. Why don't we just take off and go someplace? I'm sick and tired of this town. The last dot dot dot. Uh, in 1960, a traveling hippie beatnik college-age kid named Johnny finds himself in Annarine, uh, a town on the verge of collapse. He befriends Sonny, the last active member of the community. Johnny some things through the shattered lives of the remaining cast, mainly Genevieve, the, uh, wait- the waitress at the diner who you mentioned takes over the theater. Uh, one beacon of wisdom. Uh Sadness, and eventually a tough beef jerky version of hope. Johnny, he wrote this down. Sorry, He's, his handwriting's a little hard to read. Uh, Johnny wants to speed with a... Oh, my God. Anyway, he wants to reopen the theater, get the town together for a goodbye party. One last big little horse on the prairie, hurrah. He finds that the people don't want to remember, don't want to be examined, don't want to be saved. It ends in an anticlimactic fashion with Sonny seeing Johnny out of town where Billy died. Genevieve watches Sonny, watch Johnny as we watch her, uncertain where any of them will end up. So just kind of more of the same, I guess, mm-hmm. with a, with a new person looking at it. <laughs> um, and then we have mine, which at the time was the winner. We don't need to examine whether that was correct or not. <laughs> no, I remember
1: you had a very like specific scene. Isn't you have something about like smoking a cigarette and.
0: Oh um, yes. At the very end. So yes, basically that's for what me. Got, got my vote. I felt like JC, <laughs> JC was the character who had the most, uh, we, she wasn't at an ending place. Like she, she was still growing and changing. I felt like as a character. So it's called. Oh, what's the matter? Aren't you going to do it? It's called the last dandelion. We follow J.C.'s life starting in college. She takes some time finding balance and boundaries of her newfound freedom, breaking some hearts, and making some enemies in the process. Eventually, she believes she's found love with a professor she starts having an affair with. During this time, Dwayne comes to visit her while on leave between deployments from the army. The two of them enjoy three or so days having <clears throat> together bumming around town and having sex. J.C. 12 tells, tells Dwayne, I could just about have the most fun blowing dandelions with you. When it's time for him to return, Dwayne proposes marriage. She rejects him. The next chapter starts with Lois, her mother, coming to stay in the girls' dorm with her uh, uh, after having left J.C.'s father. Two of them struggle to get along as roommates, but ultimately bond and learn from each other, with J.C. being proud of her mother for following her happiness. Problems arise when Mom sets her sights on the aforementioned professor. It becomes a competition for his affection, which Lois seems to win. All this drama goes by the wayside when J.C. and Lois are called back to Anrien for the funeral of Dwayne, who died overseas. Uh, while there, we see Sonny has reopened the theater and is still running the tavern with Ruth now filling in where she can, working at concessions and at the diner under the tutelage of Genevieve. Lois spends the same evening with J.C.'s father and decides to go back to him. When J.C. returns to campus, she finds Dwayne. Uh, waiting for her having defected from the army by switching places with a dead soldier just stole that from Mad Men. she accepts him relieved that he's still alive and the two of them spend another day together then jc wakes up in her parents car realizing it was a dream she's only just now returned to her dorm She goes in to find the professor waiting for her, apologizing, declaring his love. She bursts out laughing and can't stop laughing. This eventually gives way to hysterical crying. Years later, we see J.C. living in a nice house married to a man we're unfamiliar with. Their happiness as a couple or or whether either of them stay faithful is ambiguous. But after he goes off to work, two things are established. One, she has her own business and takes a call about it. Two, they have a daughter. J.C. smokes a cigarette while watching the baby girl wake in her crib and smiles, saying, Now what are we going to do with you?
1: This is an exceptional film. (laughs) This is why Texasville shouldn't exist. Because there, I like want to watch this, and this feels thematically and tonally on brand as a sequel, but like a different, you know, a mature, more mature characters, but an appropriate sequel. Let's just say.
0: Well, thank you very much. I'll take it. I'll take my victory months ago. I don't think you did it right anyway. Uh, and I'll say we, we we did a good job. Everybody did a good job, really. I don't think any of them were. Like,
1: we all like the naming mechanism of the last or the
0: first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. That's <laughs> the move. Uh, we have I probably like thirty seconds left in this recording for you to do a plug. Do you have a plug?
1: Um, at science communicators with a Z. That's Kim and I's podcast. That's all I have.
0: Beautiful. Uh, I'm not going to take any time trying to come up with one for myself, and I'll just say thank you for joining us once again, Aaliyah. This was a success. Yeah, I think we remembered enough, and sorry for anybody who wants to watch Texasville. (laughs) Uh, things should be more normal from here on out, episode-wise, but, uh, thanks for being here.
1: Thanks.
0: Yeah, all right. I want to see what happens when it ends, I haven't. On the next follow-up showdown, our subject is 1990's My Blue Heaven, the unofficial sequel to mob classic Goodfellas. You really do have to adjust to Steve Martin, I think, for the first 10 10 minutes. I don't know if 10 minutes is enough, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. (laughs)